Thanks for tuning in to 318 Live Podcast. If this is your first time, we want you to know that you are loved. And we're praying for you. We're praying that each message will encourage you no matter what journey you find yourself in. We hope you enjoy this message. And so, and so we, but we don't understand how Jesus actually reached people, how Jesus pursued people, how Jesus engaged people. We just begin to make stuff up on our own. And so there's three things that I want to point out here. And here in this story with Zacchaeus, Jesus lays it out so clear on how to effectively really have an impact in someone's life. He's, we start off here. Jesus, first and foremost, is, uh, is walking through Jericho. Luke 19, verse 1 in the NIV says it like this. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. We see here a life-changing, radical transformation in this guy named Zacchaeus. And it happened on the streets of Jericho. It didn't happen in a church. It didn't happen in a Bible study. It didn't happen listening to a podcast. It didn't happen because, you know, it, was, it didn't happen from watching the TV preacher. It happened on the street corners of Jericho where Jesus was just passing through. Have you ever just passed through somewhere? Maybe you're just passing through Starbucks, you're just passing through Target, you're just passing through Kroger, you're just passing through the restaurants, you're just passing through the movie theaters. We're constantly passing through places. If you have taste, you're passing through Key Mexico, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, come on now. But wherever you're going, you are constantly passing through somewhere in life, right? Jesus is just passing through Jericho. But here, you know, God in the midst of our routine of life, in the midst of our ordinary life, God wants to invade our ordinary moments with extraordinary opportunities. Here Jesus is going through his routine of ministry, just going through Jericho, when he presents Jesus with this extraordinary opportunity about this man named Zacchaeus who desperately needs some life change. You know, the first thing about this is we see that Jesus is on the streets of Jericho. The first key, the first point that I want to bring to reaching people is it's going to take reaching out. Reaching out. You know, if we're not careful, we, 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 uh, we wrap our minds around thinking that church is our function and church is our is our way of creating and facilitating our mandate of mission. Right? But here we see Jesus, he's 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 walking through, he's passing through Jericho, right? We see this right here. Jesus, he's not in the synagogue preaching the message. He's just in the routine of life. You know, he's he's ordering his Starbucks or he's ordering his Rhino coffee. Or, you know, he's in the line at the movie theater. Or, you know, he's in the line at Kroger, you know, getting avocados because Jesus ate avocados, right? He's passing through life, and God invaded his ordinary experience with an extraordinary opportunity. Throughout our everyday routine, God will set people in our paths who want to see who this Jesus is that we serve. But there's, 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 a, there's potential danger here because we see Jesus, of course, the embodiment of compassion. But if we, can, if we allow convenience and comfort to rule our reach, 
they will, these two things will compromise and corrupt the compelling actions of compassion. Convenience and comfort, these are enemies of compassion, compassion enemies of actually reaching out. Convenience, we, we, I mentioned this just a second ago. It's convenient to allow church to be our function to, to supply our mandate of mission. Like, we know we got to reach people, so what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to do what Jesus said. He said to go into all the world and invite your friend to church. Right? No, no, he didn't say that, did he? No, he said go into all the world and, you know, and, you know put a really nice, like, Instagram story together with, like, a whole bunch of Bible verses, you know, and that'll really. You know, in all my 27 years of living, I have never seen anyone comments the sinner's prayer in a comment to like a very spiritual post on Facebook or Instagram. Has anyone? I'm seeing zero hands right now. Okay, so here we see, you know, you really want to reach people. You really want to touch people. It may be convenient for us to invite people to church, but you know, it's going to take compassion to pull us beyond convenience. You know, it's a uh, or here, we'll talk about this, comfort. It's comfortable to sit behind a keyboard on Facebook and, you know, write your opinion on something. Or it's comfortable to sit behind a, a keyboard and, and, you know, write something on Facebook about Jesus and think, yes, I've done my mission today. I went into all the world and I, I typed the gospel, right? But the thing about, I, I think we all know, we, we've come to the point now where we all know, like, Social media relationships are extremely shallow, right? And the gospel is incredibly deep. How do we expect to convey the true compassion and the true grace of God through such a shallow means of communication, right? You see, convenience and comfort will rob us of actually being compelled by compassion. You see? We weren't saved, here, I'll, I'll put it for like this way, uh, we weren't saved as Christians to sit in the Christian karaoke club where we come and we sing our, you know, our kumbaya songs around the rapture bus station and wait for Jesus to come and save us from the big bad world, Right? You see, a lot of times we, we, we get so wrapped up in our own spiritual walk where we begin seeing ourselves, oh, yeah, man, I, I just, I just want to spend all my time in the Bible study. I just want to spend all my time at church. If I, could just, if I could just be reading my devotional 24-7, man, then I'm going to be a really godly person. But in the midst of that, and that's, that's proper, we do, we do need to have a relationship with God. But the relationship with God fills us up to the place where we got to share this gospel. We got to share this grace. We got to share this goodness with somebody. It's not meant just to hoard to ourselves, right? Y'all seen that show, Hoarders? You don't want your life spiritually to look like that, where you're just hoarding all the goodness of God, where you're hoarding all the kindness of God. It's meant to be shared. Amen? And so, and so here we see that Zacchaeus desperately wants to see Jesus, as the message puts it. But he can't. Why? Because of the crowd. One of my greatest, one of my biggest prayers in life is I said, Father, let me be so transparent that people see through my personality. They see through my flaws. They see through all the stuff that I have. They say through they see through, you know, my career. And they see the one who really makes me who I am. 
That's Jesus. You want to know why? Yeah, the perfect example of this is the city of heaven. You look at heaven, you want to know why the streets are transparent gold? Why the walls are transparent with all these radiant gems? It's because the, the substance of heaven isn't want to make heaven heaven. It's, the, it's what's at the center where you see past all the riches, you see past all the extravagances, and you see the real treasure that makes heaven heaven, and that's Jesus. Amen? And so, and so it is good. And so, and so, but Zacchaeus couldn't see Jesus because of the crowd. You know, if we're not careful, we, we allow our own pursuit of Jesus to be so big in our lives that we forget to allow that to overflow into our pursuit of others. And it actually becomes a hindrance to people seeing Jesus. If I could put it for you this way, who are you bringing with you in your journey with Jesus? Or if I could say it like this, um, will, it, will it always consist of just you and Jesus? Or will you be willing to take people in your journey and to see a Zacchaeus and embrace him and tell him about Jesus? You know, I'll give you an example of this. One time, it was about four years ago, I, uh, I had just gotten Judah Smith's new book, Jesus Is. It's actually an advanced reader's copy. All right. So there's only 25 of these bad mamma jammas floating around the country. This is three months before the book actually drops. I'm stoked. Judah Smith personally sent it to me and even tweeted me on Twitter. And so I'm like, you know, total like church kid geeking out right now. You know what I'm saying? I don't have his number. I don't know him just for the record. But I won a contest. All right. And so let's be real. Okay, but, okay, so, but I got this, I got this book, like, I love Judah Smith, he's like one of my favorite people to listen to in the world, so I got, I got, I got my new, my Jesus is book, so you know what I'm gonna do, I have a day off, I got a night off, you know, I've been working hard, and so I'm gonna go to the Rhino, and I'm gonna read my book about Jesus, right, and so I'm, I'm going on the Rhino, and of course, you know, I gotta, I gotta fuel up on the way, because, you know, my, my car's running on E, and so I get to Valero, right, and there's this guy at the Valero, and he's one of those guys who, he, it doesn't matter what kind of car you're driving, he wants to clean your headlights for you because your headlights need to be clean. And he has this special concoction that he made in his laboratory, a.k.a. garage, and, and it's like the best thing since sliced bread, and it's going to take anything you have off of your headlights and make them look brand new. You guys know, like, the kind of person I'm talking about? Like, you driving down L.A., and they're offering to wash your window after you just got out of the car wash? Like, that guy, right? He's like, hey, man, I got this stuff. It'll clean your, it'll clean your you know, headlights. And, of course, me, you know, I'm driving. Yeah, I, I, I take good care of my car. Like me, at this time, I'm driving a 2001 Cherry Red Sport Edition with the spoiler Dodge Caravan, right? Now, this is real talk, for real, right? So I'm thinking, like, you know, guy, listen, listen, this is already, like, a chick repellent. You know, like, I don't, like, like you cleaning the headlights this is going to do nothing for me. It's not going to help my social life whatsoever, all right? So now, man, it's okay. I'm good, right? You know what I'm saying? He's like, no, no, no. Let me, let me show you. This is like amazing stuff. I'm like, no, man. No, I don't want you to. He's like, no, no. Trust me. Just, just let me try it. Just let me try it. I said, dude, I'm not paying you to do this. He goes, no, no. Just let me, just let me show you. And so he, you know, he does like one. I'm like, yeah, you know, I know, I know where this is leading, right? And he does the other. He's like, all right, that's going to be $20. I said, dude, I don't have $20. I'm not paying you $20. I told you I didn't want you to do this. 
and, you know, we go back and forth, and there may or may not have been a few choice words exchanged. And, and, and so he says, uh, he says, well, at least buy me a drink, man. I said, no, I'm not buying you a drink. This is my night off. I'm going to go to the Rhino, and I'm going to read my book about Jesus. I didn't tell him that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink coffee. I, I, no, no, man, sorry. I'm not buying you a drink. I'm out of here. I didn't want you to do this. I'm out of here. Bye. So I pull out. I'm about to hop on 31, 32. I'm at the stoplight, and the Spirit of God speaks to me. He says, Jared, I want you to go back. I want you to buy that guy a drink for a conversation about Jesus. I said, God, no. I'm, I'm going to go to the rhino. I, I got my whole evening planned out. I'm going to spend my time seeking you, learning about you, learning about Jesus. God, don't you understand? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to seek your kingdom here. I'm trying to pursue a relationship with you, God. Don't you understand, God? Jared, I want you to go and I want you to buy that guy a drink and have a conversation about Jesus. I said, God, no, listen, this is my one night off. I only get one night off a week. I'm working crazy hours right now, you know, because our ministry's bursting at the seams. And, uh, you know, I, I, God, you don't understand, God. I, I, I need this time to, you know, relax and drink my coffee, God, and, and read about Jesus, you know. Wait, you. And so, you know, <laughs> you, you don't understand. Jared, I want you to go buy that guy a drink, and have a conversation with him about Jesus. I said, okay, Father, I will. So I flip a Yui. There was a Yui sign. I could do it. It was legal. And I get there, and I, I find the guy. I said, hey, man, hey, man, I'll, I'll buy you a drink for a conversation. And he said, a conversation about what? I said, a conversation about Jesus. The guy began to break down into tears. He said, no, 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 we're not, no, man, get, I don't want to talk about that God stuff. I don't want to talk about I said, whoa, 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 what's going on? What's, what's, what's up? He goes, no, I don't want to talk about it, man. I don't, I, don't want, I don't want any of that Jesus stuff. I said, man, what's going on? He began to tell me how he had felt that God had completely abandoned him because two weeks ago, his wife died of terminal cancer. One week ago, his daughter committed suicide, and he knew that it was God punishing him and, and judging him because of his past mistakes and his past failures and how he was a bad father and he was never a good husband to his wife and this is God's payment for him and now he is completely abandoned by both God and man and he's stuck in this place that he cannot get out of. God is mad at him. God's abandoned him and he is alone now in life. And for an hour and a half there, I began to describe to him and show him in the Bible. I had one on. I had one in clutch. And I began to describe to him and show him the grace and the goodness and the kindness of God and the whole plan of redemption through Jesus. He ended up receiving Jesus there and becoming a follower of Jesus there. We got him plugged into a church, and he's still serving at that church to this day. But here, here's my point. Here's my point. What if I was so bent on my time with Jesus... Which it is important to have time with Jesus. It is important to have relationship with God. It's kind of the point of redemption. But if we are so self-absorbed where it's just me and Jesus that we don't actually look out towards others, we actually can become a stumbling block. We can become a hindrance to other people who need to see Jesus. And we in turn become the crowd that blocks Zacchaeus. Reaching out. Comfort and convenience. You know, it's not always, people don't always need your help whenever it's convenient for you to be needed. You guys ever notice that? 
Like, sometimes people need your help when it's not convenient for you. Whenever it contradicts your schedule, when it contradicts your holiday plans, whenever you're, whenever you're on your way to your friend's house, to the pool party on Memorial Day, their barbecue and burgers, you're seeing their Snapchat, their Instagram story, and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get there. Then you get a phone call from your friend, and you say, hey, man, I got to go to the emergency room. Can you give me a ride? It's not convenient. Definitely don't want to because I, I got friends that are at, I mean, there's a pool party, it's Memorial Day, we grilling out, like, that's, that's where I want to be. But when people need your help, they need your help, right? Point number two, I want to pull away from Jesus and Zacchaeus. Jesus reached out, but after Jesus reached out, he drew in. Jesus had a captivating ability about him. Something that just, you notice that people just like, just out of the, whoever they were, were drawn to Jesus. You just notice about that? Like Pharisees, drawn to Jesus. Sinners, drawn to Jesus. Romans, who were neither, you know, they, they were on either side of the fence. They were just third party, drawn to Jesus. Everyone, drawn to Jesus. What was this thing that drew people to Jesus? It was his kindness. Kindness. You see, Jesus not only had the audacity to step outside the four walls of the synagogue, a.k.a. the church, and actually walk the streets with real people with real problems, but he also had the ability to draw people in with this thing called kindness. You know, we know, uh, of course, God is love. You know, we talk a lot about love and this whole concept of love. And, but if we're not careful, we don't look at what the Bible says how it's defined love, we just kind of make love up whatever we think love is. And, you know, well, love is that, and love is this. And, but the Bible plainly says what love is. In 1 Corinthians 6, 13, it says a whole lot of things that love is not. Love is not boastful. Love doesn't puff itself up, yada, yada. But it says two things that love is. 1 Corinthians 13 says this. Love is patient, and love is kind. Love is kind, Right? Kindness draws people in. Jeremiah 31.3 says this, The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Romans 2.4 says this, Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from sin? You see, God doesn't shame, God doesn't use shame to break us into submission of external behavioral modification. He draws you with kindness into genuine internal heart transformation. God's avenue of, of, of reaching people is through kindness. You know, it's really easy to get really bent out of shape about, you know, well, whew, you know that church, they, they had Santa on their stage at Christmas time, and we all know Santa's that pagan thing, you know, and I mean, oh, man, I don't know if I want to get involved in that. In fact, you know, I probably need to let the pastor know. In fact, no, no, I need to let the whole church know. I'm just going to go on their social media and just comment about how awful and how paganistic and how much they love the devil. And that'll, that will show them how terrible people they are. 
you know, or, you know, oh, you know, that, that that certain unnamed celebrity that claims to be a Christian. When you, you see that song that they wrote in that music video that they produced because they are obviously in control of everything they do as a musical artist. Man, I'm going to let them know on their social media page. I'm going to let them know how much not like Jesus they really are. I'm going I'm to lay the truth out for them. Speak the truth in love. Right? No. God's way of drawing people in is kindness. You see, kindness, kindness is kind of like a risky thing because kindness is actually going to have to cost us something. Matthew chapter 5 says this. Jesus said, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. Be, uh, by opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. You see, generosity is one of the key ways of showing kindness. And it's going to cost you something. But people recognize cost. People recognize whenever you throw something out on the line, whenever you risk something. They, they recognize that. You know, I learned this from my parents. We were, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings. It's like four years ago, Christmas time. And we're, we're sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings. And, and our server we, we got some really, really, really bad service. Now, how many of y'all know, I'm not talking about bad food. You know, you can get really good food at a restaurant and, like, bad, like, bad, like, bad food, good service. You know what I'm saying? But this wasn't it. The food was great, but the service was just class A crap. I mean, just, like, the worst, like, low-grade, like, like, I mean, terrible service, right? And I, I remember my, my dad leaned over to my mom, and he said, hey, I forget the waiter's name, but I think I think so and so, they need some extra, they need some extra spending money this Christmas. And my mom said, I was thinking the exact same thing. And so you know what my parents did? Uh, the audacity of them. They 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 took they tipped him double our bill. Yeah, whoa is right. And so they handed him the clothes thing and they said you can keep the change. He came back about 30 seconds later, tears streaming down his face. He said, well, what are you guys doing? Like, like I, I don't deserve this. I'm not, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a halfway decent waiter, if that. Like, like, what is that? You know? And my dad began to say, man, listen, God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He's not, he's not abandoned you. He's for you. He's not against you. He wants to show you his goodness. His name is Jesus. And right there, it was it, it, that generosity bursted open a point for, for him to experience the grace of God. But you see, that's, it's not easy because, you know, that begins to dig into our wallet. But, you know, Jesus said, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. Do we really have a heart for people? You know, kindness. Romans chapter 12 says this. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. You see, Jesus surprised Zacchaeus that day. Jesus, all Zacchaeus wanted to do was just see Jesus. But Jesus recognized Zacchaeus, reached out to Zacchaeus, 
and then drew him in. And he said, Zacchaeus, hey, listen, I'm coming to your house. We're having steak and potatoes, filet mignon, not bacon wrap because, you know, we don't eat pork. You know, but, you know, but we're, I mean, medium rare, steak and potatoes, let's do this thing, me and you. You know what I'm saying? Right? And it took Zacchaeus by surprise. It also took everyone else by surprise because another thing about kindness is if you, if you want to walk in kindness, you're going to have critics. Kindness comes with critics. They said, who is this Jesus to be hanging out? Doesn't he know this guy? Doesn't he? Ha- Man, no, Jesus probably doesn't know. We need to inform Jesus how terrible of a person Zacchaeus is. Because then if, the, if Jesus really knew, he would not be hanging out with Zacchaeus. He would not be asking to go over and have dinner with Zacchaeus. I mean, let's be real, because this is Jesus, right? Nah. Jesus, kindness, drew Zacchaeus in. Kindness also came with critics, which also cost Jesus something. The third key that I want to I want to wrap up tonight with is, you know, Jesus, he reached out of the synagogue and went into the streets of Jericho. He drew in people like Zacchaeus, but he didn't just go with drawing them in and like, oh, hey, you're a terrible person. Come hang with me and you'll still be a terrible person. No, once Jesus reached out and drew in, he lifted people up. He lifted people up. You see, Jesus' label of Zacchaeus was different from the religious culture around him. The religious scholars, the people who were schooled in the traditions of Christianity and to the regulations of religion said, this man is a sinner. But Jesus' label of Zacchaeus was, no, he's a son of Abraham. You see, because the, the religious culture of the day was viewing Zacchaeus based off of his sin. Jesus was viewing Zacchaeus based off of Jesus's grace. Off of Jesus's grace. You see, if we're not careful, it's easy for us to view people, view the world. For God so loved the world. It's easy for us to view the world based off of the world's sin. But you see, we see God was so moved for the world that God was actually moved to the point of generosity, to the point of giving Jesus for the world. Why? Because he sees the world through the lens of grace, not through sin. You see, we can't label people according to their sin. We have to label them according to grace. God doesn't, I'll put it this way, God doesn't treat people according to their sin. I know that's really contrary to religious tradition, but the Bible says this in Psalms 103. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are as high as above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. And far as from the east is from the west, so far he's removed our transgressions from us. God's not treating you. He's not punishing you. He's not acting towards you according to your sin or the lack thereof. Why? Because where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And grace stepped in and removed sin from us. How far? The Bible says here, as far as from the east is from the west. Now, I've done a little bit of travel in my time. Okay, I took this one trip over to Jakarta, Indonesia, and we flew east. We flew to Helsinki, and then we flew to Singapore, and then we flew to Jakarta. And at no point did I fly so far east that I, in turn, was flying west. You can walk east the rest of your life, and you will at no point walk so far east that you end up walking west. 
And that's how far God has removed our sin from us. You see, Jesus viewed Zacchaeus through the, len- for the, through the lens and labeled him according to his grace, not based off of everyone else who was labeling him according to his performance. As the band goes ahead and, and comes up as we wrap up, you know, another thing about Zacchaeus is we don't see insta results in Zacchaeus. We see Zacchaeus, you know, stuttering, you know, trying to, you know, come, come against, you know, come, kind of rebuttal the religious scholars, you know, saying, well, well, uh, uh, yeah, but I'll, 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 I'll give all, all I've stolen and I'll, I'll repay. And we don't really see instant results. You know, we see Zacchaeus, he is a class, you know, he's like a modern day mob boss. What he does is he cheats people out of money. So he's a very good manipulator. He's very good at, at, he's very good at, you know, the hustle. He's very good at, you know, twisting people's words and, and cheating people out of their money. You know, so we can't trust his word, right? All he's, given, all he's given us is just talk. There's no actual proof. But Jesus steps in and he says, this guy, today, he's a son of Abraham. You see, we don't, we don't see instant change in Zacchaeus, but that still doesn't change the position that Jesus established Zacchaeus in. The gospel isn't, isn't really about making bad people good. It's really about making dead people come alive. You see, Ephesians chapter 2 says this. It, was, it wasn't so long ago that you were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs and polluted them with unbelief and then exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing when we felt like doing it. And all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin, our sin dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up. And set us down in highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah. You see, Jesus' response, God's response to sin in someone's life isn't judgment, isn't shame, isn't condemnation. God's response to sin is restoration. You see, Jesus drew, he reached out, found Zacchaeus drew him in, and then lifted him up. You see, we see this in Ephesians chapter 2, and, you know, we've all been, you know, at a place and a need for Jesus. You know, if you haven't accepted Jesus in your life tonight, you're going to get an opportunity to do that. But, you know, here we see everyone. We all inhaled unbelief and exhaled sin. But God was so moved with mercy, so moved with compassion, that in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our shortcomings, in the midst of our failures, in the midst of us digging our own hole, God didn't abandon us. He didn't say, no, I'm fed up with this. No, I'm tired of you guys acting this way. I'm continually showing you mercy. No, he moved in and he made us alive. He took us, he took our dead lives and he made us alive. But he didn't just make us alive. He actually raised us up and he made us sit together. He gave us the same seat that Jesus gives. You know what that says to me about our Father? If there's nothing He wouldn't do for Jesus, 
there's nothing he wouldn't do for us. Because he gave us the same seat that he gave Jesus. You know, here we see just a beautiful display of Jesus and his heart for people. And right now we're about to uh, move into a, a time of worship. And, and, the, and uh, our prayer team can go ahead and, you know, take their places around. But, you know, maybe you... Maybe you can identify with one of these places. Maybe you can say, you know, you know, I want to have a heart for people, but I haven't really known how. But, you know, I realize now, you know, I've, maybe I've been kept by complacency. Maybe I've been kept by comfort. Maybe I've limited compassion in my life towards other people based off of conven- whether it's convenient for me or not. Or maybe, maybe sometimes this is something I had to walk through. Maybe I didn't know how to view people through the lens of grace. I saw people sin, how much they were wrecking their lives. And I said, yeah, they're hellbound in a handbasket. See ya, later. Maybe, maybe you haven't learned how to see people through the eyes of grace. Or, or maybe, you know, we haven't, maybe you haven't um, learned how to, you know, reach out. Maybe there's a, a kindness factor in the drawing in part where, you know, I, I, I want to draw, but I just, I, I mean, that person, they, they hurt me so bad. You know, we read here, if your enemy is thirsty, give him a drink. If he's hungry, buy him a meal. Man, that person, they, they really misused me. They really abused me, and, you know, I, I trusted them. I, I, I had a vulnerable conversation with them, and they just spilled all my news everywhere else. I, I mean, it's hard for me to be nice to them, to be kind to them. But you know what? Kindness is what will draw that person into relationship with God. You know, I, I work, I, I, you know, I, I work full time in a ministry, but I also work part time in, in um, what is, uh, you know, probably a very, 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 uh, the opposite of full time ministry environment, you know, where people could care less about God, could care less about, you know, anything that the Bible has to say, could care less about Jesus. But, you know, I, I don't allow that to restrain kindness from me, to restrain generosity from me. And, you know, one thing that I do is, you know, I'm, I'm a waiter at a restaurant part-time. And so I, I go out of my way to help people. You know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. And so I'll, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll help out with other people's side work. And people say, Jared, you know, you don't have to do that. That's like my job, right? I said, yeah, but you just got double sat. You know, you need some help. I'm going to help you out. Why are you doing this? Because Jesus helped me out. And so why wouldn't I help you out when you need some help? And I got people now asking me about Jesus. They're asking me about where to go to church. The conversation is bursted open about Jesus at my workplace. Why? Because of kindness. But maybe you might say, man, I've, I've, had a tr- I've had trouble with kindness. I've been, you know, I've been dealing with unforgiveness, and it's hard for me to be kind towards this person. Maybe I've, been, I've noticed I've been kept by complacency. I've been kept by convenience. I've been kept by comfort. Or I just can't seem to see past people's sin and see them by grace.